it's Saki time. She's entering, she's entertaining, uh, she li- but she lies. And unfortunately, she's not helping Biden's poll numbers as new numbers come out today and they're getting worse for the president. Riots are erupting again on the West Coast, but we're still talking about January 6th and no one seems really interested in investigating or even arresting those rioters. And uh, could we be seeing the end to the hamburger? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You know, I, I got to tell you something. I got to start listening to Jen Psaki's press conference a little more often because she's always got something that just to say that's just stupid. And I, I love hearing it, and I love the gaslighting. As a matter of fact, I would love for her to speak at 4 or 5 o'clock at night so everybody on the East Coast could hear it, too. Even though most people aren't working right now. The questions for her are getting a lot harder and from unexpected sources. And I expect she's going to lose her crap soon. And I can't wait to see it. And I don't want to miss it. Because she, her answers are getting snippy. They're getting shorter. So it, it's it's something. With all the things that she does, it's hard it with all the spin that she does it's hard to believe she's not getting dizzy it's hard to believe that she's not getting actually sick of it so let's take a look at some things she said yesterday because um i i tell you they set me off so this this should be a big shock uh for a lot of the media because they have not been paying attention or have been hiding it at least, but the border crisis hasn't been good and it is very unpopular with most people. I believe 70 to 80% of people believe that illegal immigration is a huge problem and that the Biden administration is failing, including Democrats, by the way. We know that most people at the border have been sent into the country, into the United States interior, but it was mostly rumor. We saw planes with people... So we know this is probably happening. Well, we don't, it's not rumor anymore. We have just found out that the Biden administration has been flying people to New York and Florida in the middle of the night. And the Biden administration hasn't been telling anybody, including the the governors of those states. Now, a bunch of states uh, like Florida and Georgia are actually suing the Biden administration. I'm not sure if Georgia is. I believe they are. Our, Texas is another. Are suing the Biden administration right now to get to make it that illegal aliens cannot just be dumped off into their states. Hell, if California wants illegal aliens, make California's life miserable, make New York's life miserable. But the thing is, the Biden administration is trying to drop these people off. So, uh, there has been confirmed reports that the Biden, the uh, DHS has actually been dropping off illegal aliens into New York and Florida. So, this is not... Now, here's... This is not a good thing. So, here's Peter Ducey in the first question. Uh, the first question I'll cover. Um, really hitting her up about the lie that the Biden administration's been saying about, you know, hey, we've been deporting people. Yeah, nope, they have not. Now we know it. So here, here it is. Great question. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? 
Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our well, very early in the morning. Here we are talking about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor, and that's something we take seriously. We have a moral, a right obligation to uh, to do that and deliver on that as a part of the unification process. Our office of Refugee Resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the country. So in recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children pass through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, en route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states, uh, not just New York. It's something that we're also working to unite children with their family members or vetted sponsors in other parts of the country as well. Okay, first off, 4.40 a.m. is in the middle of the night. I hate to tell you, 2.30 a.m. is in the middle of the night. The point is the administration is hiding the transporting of illegal aliens into... And and she talked about unaccompanied minors. Let, let's get something very clear. P Peter Ducey was not talking about unaccompanied minors. He was talking about people. Because there aren't that many... Un I mean... We're at record highs of unaccompanied minors crossing the border, but it is not most people. And her sarcasm and innuendo that Peter Ducey doesn't like to fly in the morning, that most of us wouldn't like to be flied in the morning, is rather insulting. And, and don't kid yourself, that's what she meant. Oh, well, just because you don't like to fly at 2.30 in the morning doesn't mean that others wouldn't do it. Okay. Other, other things that really get me get my goat here is the United States really doesn't have a legal obligation to these people. The only legal obligation we have to have and moral obligation is to send them back. We do not have legal responsibility to ship these people throughout the country. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you one thing. The government has a legal responsibility to protect citizens of the United States. And these people are breaking the law by coming into the United States. And if we can fly them to New York or fly them to Florida, why can't we fly them back to Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, Colombia, wherever these people are coming from? Why can't we ship them back over there? It's the same flight, probably cheaper. She keeps, and this is the most annoying thing, it, 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 she keeps beating on the children, the children, the children, the unaccompanied minors. That's what she's beating on. But she never really answers the question. Yes, you feel bad for children, but that doesn't still doesn't mean they should be in this country. First off, it's not our moral obligation as a country to protect the other uh, children of the world. It's like that whole argument with Haiti. Well, we have some obligation to help Haiti out of their mess. No, we really don't. And we don't have an obligation to the children of other countries that got into this country illegally, either through the cartels or through you know, absent parents or however they got into this country. That is untrue. But you still, she still doesn't answer the question about she still doesn't answer the question about okay what about all these people i mean we now know you are sending people out there and don't tell me those flights were nothing but unaccompanied kids we know that's not true 
Okay, but that wasn't the most irritating, and this is one I'm probably going to go on a rant about. She got another uh, question, but this time from a regular media legacy re legacy media reporter. Sorry, Jen, these guys are going to have to show them show themselves as legitimate news sources, and they're going to have to call her out, call you out now. They're not going to sit there and be quiet anymore. They've got to sit there and say, okay, hello, um, we can't keep hiding this stuff. People are see it, seeing it, especially when you have alternative media and Fox News, which is considered mainstream legacy media. They're seeing it and they're calling it out. Here the reporter is stating that we knew there was going to be supply chain problems in March of 2020. That's last year. It's a year and a half ago. Why wasn't this dealt with when Biden was elected? Her glib answer really ticks me off. I won't lie. And I'm probably going to go on a little bit of a rant. So here's Jen Psaki being glib. Just a question on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue. Yeah. Uh, actions that the president has taken. It, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world have been disrupted, even as, as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded. People, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the short, the treadmill it, that's delayed. Right, the treadmill problem. If there's one thing I absolutely hate, it's her oversimplification of this question. I think it's disgusting. The the tragedy of the treadmill. Listen, the Democrats are trying to push this uh, supply chain problem as a high-class problem, as an upper-class problem. You're not getting your treadmills on time. Well, here's the problem. It's not just our treadmills. And we're going to get to the treadmill comment because I that freaking annoyed the crap out of me. The problem is grocery stores are having a tough time stocking their shelves of things like, I don't know, food, toilet paper, paper towels. The, pre the CEO of Albertsons today released a statement saying, yeah, um, we're just not getting our entire supply, so our, our shelves look kind of bare. So to sit there and say, oh, this is this making fun of the treadmill is to show that this is really a problem of the upper class, those that are earning four hundred thousand dollars or more. I I have been reading about this stuff now that this is really being pushed by the, the legacy media. We Americans need to curb our expectations. We don't deserve to expect things to work well all the time. And we should expect that things are not going to work well all the time. It's just not going to happen. And this is permanent. I mean, we've already heard that this inflation, a lot of the inflation we're seeing, again, we're talking an extra $175 a month the average family has to pay because of inflation. Just on things like food and groceries, gas, we're being told that a lot of this inflation is not transitory, it's permanent. This stuff's not going away. And so the leftist media is sitting back and telling us to deal with it. WAPO opinion article, there was a WAPO opinion article called Don't Rant About Short Staff Stores and Supply Chain Woes. 
the article actually said in the first two paragraphs, we should just lower our expectations. There's another WAPO article, and New York Times does the same thing. I just don't have the list here. Entitled, Why Does the World Need So Many Cars Anyway? We've also seen this war on meat, war on steak, war on bacon. I, I mentioned many articles, opinion articles, about the war on meat. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I want a treadmill, I expect to see a treadmill within a specific period of time. I don't give an F what the Biden administration thinks. I pay taxes. I am not a millionaire. So why is it unheard of that I order something and I should get it within 16 months? Let's get something really clear. Capitalism is a very good thing. And there is a reason our expectations as consumers is way high. Capitalism encourages competition in business. Socialism does not, because the business is run by the government. Competition is human nature, which is why businesses strive. Now, we know it's part of human nature. That's, human nature. that's why sports are so popular, especially violent sports like football and hockey. When two businesses are competing for, for the consumer's money, they innovate to make their products and or services more attractive, better. If business A creates a better product or service, business B had better motive, innovate something better, or they will end up going under. In time, this innovation creates better products and services. Consumers' expectations are met or better. It goes beyond the consumer's expectations, raising our expectations for that next product. The Samsung phone is a great example. I just got a brand new phone. Uh, I don't know, Samsung S20, whatever it is. I had an S10. Do you know I was disappointed with the S20? I didn't think it was any better than my S10. My expectations are very high for my smartphone. And they were met. They were not met. And now what am I going to do? Probably going to look at other phones when, I, when this one expires. This is what makes capitalism great. Capitalism is all about exceeding expectations of the consumer. So the consumer wants your, your product. Socialism, on the contrary, does not have consumers. They have no competition. The government controls everything. Therefore, they don't have to innovate. We can look to Mexico and their cell phone services. Do they have these great phones? No, because their country is controlled by one guy, Slim something. I can't remember his name. Um, Fernando Slim or something like that. I can't remember what his name is. But he controls the entire market. This is what makes China's economy so weak, by the way. Their socialism. China doesn't have competition, but you know what they also don't have? They don't have consumers. 
the GDP in China never goes above 1.4%. And they always have resource shortages because they, they don't have customers. This is why they need to steal technology from the United States. They depend on America because we have the consumers and we have the uh, innovation. By the way, that's exactly what destroyed the Soviet Union. And by the way, that's why China is, is bordering on a recession right now. Everyone talks about China as if, no, if it wasn't for American companies in China, China would be no better than Mexico, no better than the Soviet Union. Donald Trump had it right. His tariffs had a major impact on China because innovation and consumers were impacted. Nike and Apple did lose a lot of business. Harley-Davidson moved their factories from China back to the United States. If Trump had won a, four more years, China would have been decimated or at least close to it. They were, they're already suffering. They're suffering now. Even though Joe Biden came in and just removed all tariffs. So, Jen, yes, if I order a treadmill, I want it on time. I want it inexpensive, and I want it to be awesome. I want that treadmill to read me bedtime stories. With the innovation of the United States, and some of them actually do now, with the innovation of the United States due to the competition created by capitalism, my expectations are high and they should stay high because I've worked to get where I am and I shouldn't have to worry about it. And you know something? All Americans' expectations should be high. If you have a job, and I won't lie, I mean, I, I, I've been blessed in certain ways too. But if, if all Americans should have those high expectations, and we should not need to curb them down. Because I got news to you, the idiots at the WAPO, uh, Washington Post who wrote those articles, yeah, they got their treadmills because they're considered the upper class. Finally, one more statement, and this one is just, I don't know why the Biden administration continues down this path. But they are. So just listen to this one. President, I still believe that Build Back Better will not add a dime to the national debt. Correct, it won't. Why would he, why, why should Americans believe that? Because it won't. Go ahead. What if taxes that he says he wants to you know, get more taxes in? What if it doesn't happen? What if the economy goes sour? Lots of things can happen. What are you you're going to tell from up there future generations, not even born yet, that they're not on the hook for this? Is that right? That's right, and hopefully you'll report accurate information yourself. Go ahead. You know, I, I, I don't like to use foul language because some people don't like it, but this she is such a bitch. This is just an outright lie. They must know it's a lie because they don't even bring this talking point out anymore. The press keeps asking about it. $3.5 trillion. Add another $1.5 trillion. I got some bad news for you. There is not that much money in the country. Period. There is not, and by the way, 3.5, that's $5 trillion. And the stuff's probably not going to get passed anyway. Her problem is, well, I I hope you report it, report it correctly. Um, no, we are reporting correctly. Your math doesn't work. It's going to add to the national debt. It is just a lie. Even though they don't bring it up anymore. 
And it's been two weeks since I've heard a question like that before yesterday. The math doesn't work. And people are still saying, why would you keep saying this? Why do you keep standing behind this? It's not boding well for Biden and his approval ratings. Today, uh, NPR released more poll ratings and he's dropped further. What should be very concerning is that among Democrats, Biden has dropped another 10%, from 80% to 70% approval of what of the direction the country is going in. He's dropping like a rock. He might be in the 20s. I didn't read the entire report. I just heard about it. He was at 32% with independence. That's how he got elected. That has probably gone down further. 2022 could not come fast enough. Okay, so next story. Uh, The January 6th commission has been going on for a month now, maybe more. No one's been paying attention to it. No one cares. Uh, They decided they were going to subpoena a bunch of Trump officials, including Steve Bannon, and the Trump officials basically said, we're not doing it. We're not going. And the president, uh, Trump, uh, former President Trump has said that, well, it's exe- it's executive privilege anyway. So this is not a thing. Here's a kicker with executive pr- privilege. Normally, a person within the president's cabinet or advisor can be declared immune from subpoenas through pres- uh, executive privilege. That privilege is carried to the next administration, though it's not part of the law. It doesn't say that the next president has to accept the executive privilege. It's just considered courteous between presidents. Guess what? Joe Biden won't do it. He said this week the Justice Department, and he again, it was said again today during Jen Psaki's uh, uh, press conference, that the Department of Justice is an independent organization, which they're not. It's it's very partisan organization. They'll make the decision what to do, and uh, that's it. Bet you didn't see that coming from Mr. Unifier. Here's my question. What about the other... So so they keep, they keep really pushing this January 6th thing, because I guess an insurrection can be caused by, um, by guys in shorts and and uh, uh, bullhorns, I I don't know, with face paint. They keep pushing this, and now they want to put people in jail over it. They want to put, they still want to attack Trump. You know what the good news is? The good news is, I didn't even know they were still going on. They go, apparently they go for about two hours a day, and that's about it. No one's paying attention to it. The media is not playing it. Even CNN is not playing the January 6th commission anymore. So this stuff is not getting the attention that everyone was kind of, especially the Biden administration, was kind of hoping it would get. Because the reality is, if it did get that attention, his poll numbers wouldn't be dropping like they are. But here's my question. The reason I brought this up, not to mention Steve Bannon is probably going to go to jail again because he refuses to, to deal with these subpoenas is what about the other riots that are causing tons of damage in parts of the country? What about investigating the Democratic leadership that is preventing the police from breaking up these riots? 
that are causing millions upon millions of dollars in damage. And I'm not just talking about last year's George Floyd riots. I'm talking about the riots that are happening like this weekend. And these riots are not by white supremacists like we keep hearing about. These are by leftist anarchist groups. In Portland, celebrating the death of an activist, a group decided to run around causing about a half million dollars in damage to 35 different sites. According to the Oregorian, this is this happened in Portland. A group of about 100 demonstrators broke windows and left graffiti scrawled on downtown Portland buildings Tuesday night at the end of a gathering commemorating the anniversary of a local activist's death. Police declared the event unlawful, according to social media posts from the demonstration, after some people lit fires in the street <coughs> and set off fireworks. No arrests have been made and investigations are underway. The damage is believed to be over $500,000 and 35 separate locations were targeted, including banks, retail stores, coffee shops, and government buildings according to police who referred to the demonstrators as anarchists. Uh, not white supremacists, anarchists. Do we ex can we expect any investigations into that? There were government buildings damaged. The, the left loves to talk about that when it comes to January 6th. According to COIN, which, uh, Portland's COIN, which is another publication, quote, Lieutenant Jake Jensen with the Portland Police Bureau joined the Pearl District Neighborhood Association meeting Thursday night on the heels of widespread vandalism in the area. Jensen said House Bill 2928 is the reason officers aren't directly intervening as vandals damage towns and properties. Bill 2928 basically doesn't allow tear gas, rubber bullets, non-lethal, non-lethal crowd control methods. Continuing with the article, quote, the reason that we did not intervene goes back to what we talked about or talked about last month with HB 2928 and the restrictions placed on us in a crowd control environment, Jensen told the meeting. Quote, that's why our legislature has said we need to operate in a crowd control environment. So that's the way we're going to operate in the crowd control environment. In other words, you're going to do nothing. They can't do anything. I mean, the only thing they can do is start shooting at people. What about this? Isn't that uh, valuable enough to uh, investigate? Or important enough to investigate? How serious can you really take the January 6th commission if they won't investigate other things that are happening? Especially by leftist groups. Well, our last story today, and trust me, I have more, but this is going to be the last story. I think we're going to talk about culture on Friday because there's just so much cultural crap going on, and I never really talked about any of it, and I think it's kind of important to talk about some of it. Um, in an effort to become, like, the worst city in America, and they're already close. 
they're already close. San Francisco has decided to close In-N-Out Burger on the wharf. Now, if you don't know what In-N-Out is because you live on the East Coast, it is the most popular burger joint on the West Coast. They only have maybe five things on the menu. They're cheap. The quality is outstanding. In-N-Out Burger is an example of the benefits of capitalism and competition between business. They kick the living crap out of McDonald's, Burger King, Carl's Jr., and um, Jack in a Box in my city and L.A., because I used to live in L.A., They because of their quality, their burgers are fantastic. Their fries are okay. Their shakes are good. Did you realize that, well, this is to tell you, their, their quality is so high, they deliver all of their stuff fresh. So, for example, when you're having a French fry at In-N-Out, you're eating an actual potato that was delivered that morning and was cut up. They are also a fantastic place to work. These guys earn 18, 19 an hour. They provide scholarships to their employees. They don't believe in having a 70-year-old person who doesn't speak English there. They actually have people who are um they have a who are uh intelligible. They can speak. They're all young because they believe that they should be young. They overpay their youth. I mean, you're earning $17, $18 an hour at 17? My God. And that was before this $15 an hour crap. And you can get a scholarship? You know why? Because they don't expect you to stay in in and out Because they are there for the youth. The organization is so concentrated on quality there cannot be a restaurant within a hundred outside of 150 miles from their um distribution centers in other words that potato you you got that morning that potato did not come from more than 150 miles away they are that serious we have two we have one in and out in Vista, and we have one in and out in Oceanside, and they are packed. They go through the line. Okay. So the other thing with In and Out is why do they have it? They're like Chick-fil-A in that in that sense. It's run by a Christian family. It's a family-owned business, a Christian family business. One of the reasons they're not on the East Coast is because it, it, expansion for them is not as easy as, let's say, a McDonald's. But it is a fantastic place. My fiancé and her kids and I, we probably go there once a week because that's our, that's our, 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 our dirty little secret. They got a secret menu, which is fantastic. My son used to have... Uh, fries, animal style, which was basically fries, chili, and then on the chili was um, Thousand Island dressing. I mean, it is it is just a fantastic place. And San Francisco felt the need to close them down. So this is why. Let's take a look. This is from Fox News. The San Francisco Department of Public Health closed the Fisherman Wharf's in, 
in and out location on October 14th after the popular burger joint did not check the vaccination status of customers, which violates an August mandate from the city requiring indoor diners to show proof of vaccination. In-N-Out, which operates 358 locations across the western United States, is owned by devout Christian Lindsay Snyder and is well known for including Bible verses at the bottom of sodas and milkshakes. I didn't even know that. I didn't even, next time I go, I'm going to order a Coke, because typically I order water. I'm going to order a Coke just so I can look, or a milkshake, just to take a look underneath the cup and see if there's a Bible verse. In and out's uh, burger chief and legal business officer, Arnie Weisen, Weisinger, Wensinger, excuse me, Arnie Wensinger, said in his statement to Fox News, our store policy, our store properly and clearly posted signage to communicate local vaccination requirements. After closing our restaurant, local regulators informed us that our restaurant associates must actively intervene in demanding proof of vaccination and photo identification from every customer. I do want to point out, this is the same city that doesn't want photo ID to vote, but they want you to have photo ID to get a burger. Interesting, huh? Then, okay, continuing, then act as enforcement personnel by barring entry for any customers without the proper documentation. We refuse to become the uh, become a vaccination police for any government. Excellent. I also want to point out something else which really shows the quality of a company. Customers are capitalized. Customers are considered so important in their statements, they capitalize the 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 C in customer. In a release statement, in and out said, we fiercely disagree with any government dictate that forces private company to discriminate against customers who choose to patronize their business. This is a clear governmental overreach, and it is intrusive, improper, and offensive. So basically, they opened it up again because I, I got to tell you, uh, the in and out on Wharf's pier. Yeah, it was probably the biggest business out there. And if you've ever been to Wharf's Pier, ain't a lot of good food. You gotta be careful with what you eat over there. I mean, it's all good, but the reality is it's probably not all clean. And in San Francisco, the Wharf Pier is a absolute disaster. It's a mess. It's trash everywhere. They don't clean it every day. It's a really disgusting pl- place. I can guarantee you the cleanest establishment on the wharf pier in San Francisco is in and out and the San Francisco City Council okay allowed them to open but in and out is not really taking this mandate thing very seriously um, they can't have people inside their restaurants which is a tragedy because inside the restaurant like I said is probably cleaner than anywhere you could eat including hotels motels the pier itself a bench Probably the cleanest place ever. Not to mention with the crime wave that's hitting San Francisco, um, you're probably going to get your burger stolen. But I do want to point out, do you see the pattern here? I told you earlier, we should lower our expectations as Americans. Why do we need all these cars? They're talking about Americans. Who needs a treadmill here on time that I paid full price for and that it should be a good treadmill? I've already talked about the war on beef, the evils of beef. That's got to include hamburgers. 
I'm pretty sure in the near future, we're going to see articles in the LA Times opinion area, and I don't subscribe to the LA Times because they're just a garbage newspaper, the benefits of not having hamburgers and how hamburgers are, illegal, are, are, are evil. Notice that the left's left is the party of democracy, and I put that in air quotes, but they seem to want to take everything away that we like, that makes life enjoyable, up to and including our freedoms, which are defined by the Constitution, written by that evil son of a bitch, um, Thomas Jefferson, whose statue we're taking down. Well, you know what? Good for in and out for saying no and flipping the middle finger. We need more businesses like that. Okay, we're done. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com so you can actually take a look at some of the articles I have here. I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.